You're now listening to episode 76 of the Real Estate CPA Podcast. Your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here, we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Brandon Hall and Thomas Castelli here today with John W. Hanning, principal at KBKG, a company that specializes in cost segregation. As you may know, cost segregation studies break down the components of a property and reclassify certain components into five, seven, and 15-year property that can be depreciated faster and over a shorter period of time using accelerated depreciation methods. What's more, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 reintroduced 100% bonus depreciation for property with a class life of less than 20 years. This means when you combine cost segregation studies with 100% bonus depreciation, you can generally depreciate 20 to 30% of a property's cost basis in the first year it's placed in the service. This can lead to major tax savings. The problem is, traditional cost segregation studies often cost thousands of dollars, which can eliminate the benefits of using a cost segregation study on smaller properties. That's why in this episode, we're going to discuss KBKG's revolutionary residential cost segregator, a software that allows owners of small properties with a building basis of 500000 and six units or less benefit from cost segregation studies without it becoming cost prohibitive. If you're an owner of single or small multifamily rentals, this is an episode made for you. John, thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. Can you give our listeners a little information on your background and your current role with KBKG? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on the show. I'm a principal currently at KBKG and a cost segregation practice leader. What we do here is we try to drive additional deductions for people in the current year. And those people that use our services are generally um, CPAs that don't have our expertise in-house or uh, real estate owners themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we've talked cost segregation studies on this show in the past. But as a quick refresher, would you be able to give our listeners a little overview of what cost segregation is and the benefits of using a study? Yeah, absolutely. So the primary goal is to identify all property-related costs that can be depreciated over a faster period rather than 39 or 27 and a half years. Uh, we're looking for personal property buckets such as five or, or seven years or land improvements, uh, which are depreciated over a uh, 15-year tax life. Uh, the secondary goal is to establish the depreciable uh, tax value for each major building component uh, that is likely to be replaced into the future. So examples of this are to include the roofing, the windows, doors, bathroom fixtures, HVAC, so on and so forth. The tax preparer in the future needs this information to be able to claim a retirement loss or a partial disposition. So even if they don't uh, include that information on the depreciation schedule, they can always look back to the cost segregation uh, to identify those values. Got it. Got it. And I think the ultimate value to, to real estate investors for using cost segregation study is to be able to create uh, rental losses through an increased depreciation expense, essentially that they can use to either offset their rental income, in some cases, their capital gains from the sale of real estate. And if they're a real estate professional, in many cases, they're able to use those losses against their ordinary income or their W-2 income. 
That's exactly it. That ties in with the primary goal of, of taking deductions in an earlier year to increase cash flow. This creates a time value of money concept benefit by having cash flow now rather than 39 years from now. So if I would tell you, hey, I can save you a dollar today, that dollar is going to be worth more to you than it would be 39 years from now or 27 and a half years from now. We want to make sure that the clients that we work with are paying taxes. We don't want to create any additional deductions that otherwise can't be used, right? So what we're trying to do ultimately is use depreciation deductions to drive down income. Gotcha. And I know that you guys have, uh, KBKG has a do-it-yourself cost segregation software. It's pretty revolutionary in the industry, and it costs a fraction of the cost of a traditional study. Would you be able to give an overview of that software and why it's so revolutionary? Yeah, absolutely. And we are, we are tremendously excited about it ourselves. So this is uh, called the, the residential cost segregator. And essentially, what this software does is it doesn't replace a traditional cost seg. It performs a cost seg where otherwise a cost seg would be cost prohibitive. So what I mean by that is we have um, residential properties, usually at a lower basis amount that we can use the software for. And in a traditional study, say a study that would cost $5,000, the benefits that are gained uh, with such a small basis after doing a cost seg don't offset the net present value. So essentially, there would be no reason for a study or there's no value in the study. So we've created the software to not replace a traditional cost seg, but to capitalize on a segment of the market that was not underserved, it was not being served at all. And so that's why we're so excited about it. That's why it's so revolutionary uh, within our industry. And with the cost segregator tool, who should be using this and what are its limits? Yeah, absolutely. So CPAs uh, are using it. We've got a, a, quite a number of CPAs uh, out there that have clients uh, with this type of real estate, and they're using it in-house at their firms. We also have some real estate owners that are using it. They're doing some of the work on the cost segregator themselves in driving their own deductions. And then just really any tax uh, professional looking for value for their clients. So they can get on the software, um, fill out some of the information, and then have their client fill out the rest of it, driving deductions for the real estate owners. Your, your point of, you know, what are some of the limitations? This is geared towards a residential home, single family home, or up to a sixplex that has a depreciable basis of $500,000 or less. So those, that is the target. Oftentimes, sometimes in the middle of the country, uh, what we saw um, over the 2007, 2008, 2010 uh, timeframe was that real estate was in a free fall. And there were a few people out in the country that were cash flushed picking up these uh, real estate single family homes for a very good value. They didn't intend to be uh, residential rental owners, but the opportunity presented itself and they capitalized on that opportunity. Uh, those people weren't doing cost segregation because a basis of $500,000 or less really didn't offset the cost of a traditional study. But now since we've created this tool, these individuals with these portfolios, maybe they have two or three homes, or maybe they have 150 homes. If they are in a tax-paying position and are looking for deductions, those are the individuals that are 
seeking out and using the software. And so why, why place those limitations in place? Why couldn't I use this on a $2 million multifamily building? Yeah, so the software is using algorithms to extrapolate some of the results. So the further and further away we get from the $500,000, the larger the standard deviation needs to become or the positioning of error uh, needs to be calculated. So we like to keep it lower than that. We have the ability, we created the software, we wrote the software, so we have the ability to take that off. But just in terms of supportability, the lower the basis, uh, oftentimes the lower the standard deviation and or opportunity for error. Also, you know, we've created this for a specific type of property. So it's not for a warehouse or, you know, all structures are, are not created equal and they're all different. But most often, uh, single-family homes are, again, within certain parameters. Um, and so that's the reason that we have created it just for this specific segment of the real estate market. That makes sense. So it sounds like there's multiple reasons, but one of the big ones is just that on the lower basis, the lower number of units, you have a lower standard deviation and a lower error rate. Is that a good summary? Yeah, that's a, that's a good summary. We want to make okay. sure that the product that we're pushing out is supportable, and uh, that's the reason for the limitations. Okay. So now, if we throw costs totally out the window, and we're looking at a 500K fourplex, let's say that I get a, an official, full-blown, legitimate cost seg study done, and then let's also say that I get this, I run this tool on this 500K fourplex, well, what's that total... I guess, value difference going to look like? And again, let's just throw costs out the window for a moment. So let's just look at the, the actual numbers there. Is the full-blown cost going to yield more of that 5, 7, 15-year property allocation than the, uh, than the desktop study will? No, it, it, it will not. So a traditional study will yield the same reclass values as the software will. We're Interesting. Not, we're not creating uh, any haircuts uh, on this. Uh, not that will be noticeable. And in fact, the reason we've created the software is simply for the fact that you had to, we can lower the fee base without lowering the quality of supportability or the allowable tax deductions for uh, the client. Awesome. Okay. That's good to know. And so what does it cost to run it on the, the desktop and what reports do you get when you, uh, when you do run that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, the current cost for uh, one report is $400. Now, if you go forward and say, hey, we've got some CPA relationships that perhaps say, hey, I'm going to do 100 for all of my clients in-house this year, uh, there would be some, some cost savings per report in that instance. But essentially, you're going to get the three different types of reports. Uh, you're going to get a summary. This this will show you kind of what the tax deductions are in a summary format, what the net present value is for doing this study. And then you're also going to get a detailed study, which is the detailed results show you in the unit of property level um, at each major And uh, finally, you'll get a summary of everything that was entered into the software. So, you know, we have different sections of the data entry that uh, ask for how long is the linear fence out front? Is this a one-story property or a two-story property? All of those answers are recorded and also delivered as a final report. So you can go back and check, just making sure that anything wasn't entered in error. Gotcha. Gotcha. If, say, a client were to uh, get audited and 
you know, one of the things that did come into question is the cost irrigation study itself. Um, at this point, what kind of support would KBKG provide in the event of such an audit? So all of our traditional studies come with eight hours of audit support. So if the IRS ever came and said, questioned the allocations made to personal property or land improvements, we'd actually sit with those individuals and explain to them how we did what we did. Well, with the residential cost segregator, we will do exactly that. Now, I think it's limited to two hours of audit support, but usually that two hours is enough to cover a conversation and explanation as to how the software works and how the uh, results were allocated. If there are any additional questions, quite simply, the KBKG will go ahead and just complete a traditional study on that building uh, that we did a residential cost segregator study on, uh, supporting the results that the software gave us. So everybody's very familiar with the traditional methods of cost segregation, detailed engineering study. Uh, we would complete those in proof that, hey, look, the software is working. It's working exactly like this. The numbers came out uh, as exactly we were expecting. Awesome. Awesome. That's good to hear that, you know, the level of confidence you guys have in the software and, and the accuracy of the actual studies themselves. So that is amazing. Um, we just have a few quick questions on cost segregations in cost segregation studies in general. And just wanted to get your view on when do you think the best time to get a cost segregation study performed is? Yeah, so my answer to that is that you can go back all the way to 1987 to do a cost segregation, but you traditionally probably wouldn't do that. So you can do a look-back study. However, I think it's best to do a cost segregation in the year of acquisition. And the reason for that is just simply that there's no accounting method change that needs to occur. You can actually enter in on the first year um, first year of the tax depreciation, uh, the allocation of five, 15, and 27 and a half years. And um, you can uh, avoid having to do a method change or amended any returns. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if, if I were to say purchase a property today, right, I take ownership of it, I close on it, it's now my property. Would you say that's best to get the study done before I go and, and implement the rehab to it? Or it's would I get the study done say six months from now or three months from now, wherever, however long it takes for me to complete my rehab project, uh, when it within that first year, would it make the most sense? So when you acquire the property, we're doing this based on what was acquired at the date of the transaction. So at the closing date. So we would recommend that you do it pre-renovation. Any post-renovation may make it difficult to do the cost segregation study because we didn't know what it looked like at the time it was acquired. So this is a, a study that's being done in a snapshot of time, and that snapshot of time is when the actual uh, structure was acquired opposed to when any renovations occurred. Gotcha. And real quick, so some of our clients will ask us, everyone's told me to get this question, uh, it'll be like, you know, I'm not planning on holding the, holding the property for a super long time, maybe just two or three years. Do you still recommend that they run a cost study at that point as well? Uh, I wouldn't. So the first, the, the, when I walk into a room, the first question, the first couple of questions I ask are, you know, do you have income to offset? You know, am I creating deductions that you otherwise would use? And from a time value of money's concept, is there enough time to create the value there? So are you going to hold this? five or more years? And if the answer is no to that question, uh, generally, 
I would advise them not to go forward with a cost segregation study. Potentially, you could get into a situation of recapture. If this is a client that says, hey, look, we're flipping houses. Um, we're DYI flipping these houses. We would buy them, like to have them on the market within a year. Uh, I'm going to advise that they don't do a cost segregation study. But if they're in a buy and hold or building a portfolio of uh, residential homes, then I would advise that they could and they should do these uh, as long as they're holding for five years or more. Would that would your opinion on that differ if they were a real estate professional for tax purposes and could use say those losses against their other income, maybe from another business or from a W two job that they might have? Yeah, so you know, if there's a grouping election that allows them to take those deductions and offset uh, income, you know, there might be a, a tax scenario which allows them to do that, and so they can certainly talk to their tax professional and make sure that the benefits that they will get won't leave them as soon as they sell the property. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I know you mentioned before cost segregation studies can be done all the way back to 1987, but in your experience, has there been a number of years after a property was acquired that it, you know, reasonably doesn't make sense to have one of these performed at that you know, anymore? Is it, is it two years, three years, four years after the property was uh, purchased? Um, so there's no fixed timeline, but I will say from an experience standpoint, you know, you, going back any further than 10 years, it becomes a little bit more difficult to understand the assets that were in place during the time of acquisition. Um, you know, when somebody acquires a property, they maybe are doing some landscaping or they put in a new driveway, they renovated the kitchen. If that's taking place in years after the original acquisition was completed, then it makes it a little bit more difficult to understand what was there at the time of purchase. So, again, no hard rule of 10 years, but a good rule of thumb of 10 years. Uh, I wouldn't go back any further than that. Not a lot of folks really talk about the disposition component that cost eggs can really help out with. Can you... Talk a little bit about how cost seg studies, even if you just look at the building components, you can allocate that value across different building components and gives you gives you future flexibility with uh, with any sort of rehab or value add work in terms of dispositions. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad you brought that up because when I started in the industry 15 years ago, you know, as a cost segregation specialist, our job was to split up you know long life property into accelerated personal or land improvement property. That has morphed uh, over those 15 years with uh, the tangible property regs coming out, the disposition regs coming out. Now, when we're looking at these opportunities, we're not only carving out the personal property and land improvements, but then we're also taking the bucket of 27 and a half years, whatever's left over the real property, and we're, we're dividing it up into units of property as defined by the IRS in uh, 2013, the tangible property regs. Now, there is no time value of money concept for us to do that additional work. You don't get any additional deductions for me splitting out roofing versus HVAC. It's all going underneath the real property or being recovered over 27 and a half years. However, there's value in the future. And this is what the CPAs like the most, is that what they can do is look at the cost segregation that was completed in the past, and if we did a new HVAC system in a subsequent year, they can identify the value of that component 
and dispose of it uh, from the original uh, acquisition amount. So everybody knows that you know, after we do a cost segregation in, in subsequent years, if there was a disposition, there's an allowable deduction for that disposition. What's real difficult for people to understand is what is the value of that disposition? If I have a $500,000 amount listed on my depreciation schedule and I redid the windows, how much value should I give the windows within that original basis amount? That's the tricky part. That is solved by completing a cost segregation study. And the reason that our reports lay out each individual uh, property component, um, again, the service says that if something was disposed and is otherwise thrown in the landfill, the client or taxpayer should take a disposition for that. Now, we don't think that the service is going to come in and if they did not do that, disallow any future deductions, uh, but you certainly should be, in terms of how the, the law reads, making that disposition in the cost segregation studies, particularly uh, as performed within the cost segregator, lay that out very, very clearly uh, for the tax professional. So just to clarify there, does the desktop, the cost segregator tool that we were talking about earlier in, on this episode, does that break out those components even under that 27 and a half year class life or that 39 year class life so that we could later take a disposition if we needed to? Yeah, it certainly does. So what, you know, in the past 15 years ago, we would say, here's your five year bucket, here's your 15 year bucket, and everything else is just in this big 27 and a half year bucket. Now what I'll call is the enhanced cost segregation, the KBK and enhanced cost segregation is everything that's dumped into that 27 and a half year real life property is also broken down within our reports by the unit of property level. So you would easily identify those long life components and make a disposition in the future. Awesome. So we've got one more quick random question because I just thought about it. Uh, so we've got a lot of clients that are you know running syndicates and real estate funds some of them are buying some pretty large properties and something that we see some of them do in order to avoid some property tax increases is to go ahead and break out the value of the land versus everything else in the, the contract to close. Uh, have you seen that? Do you recommend that? Can you talk a little bit about something like that and how that maybe compares to a cost egg study? So specifically breaking out the land versus the land improvements, correct? Right. Yeah. The idea is to not get a big increase in uh, property tax assessment. Sure. So in, in terms of what we're talking about here, um, we're targeting the depreciable basis. The land itself would be non-depreciable. Obviously, the land improvements or improvements to the land or atop the soil uh, would have a recovery period of 15 years. But I would like to see that happen more oftentimes than not because typically what happens is an acquisition is made. Let's say it's a $500,000 acquisition. There's a component of land embedded within that. And it's difficult for taxpayers at times who hasn't done this very often uh, to identify how or what the value is for land. In terms of the cost segregator, it doesn't matter to us because really we're just targeting the depreciable component and land would be carved out either way. So whether it comes to us carved out before or we have to carve it out after, either way it's getting carved out and we're targeting the depreciable component only. Gotcha. 
So first, I want to thank you for, for taking the time again for coming on. You shared a lot of valuable information on today's show, and I'm sure our listeners are excited to hear a little bit more about how that residential cost segregator works. Um, if our listeners wanted to learn more about the tool, uh, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of our partners, Gian Pazia, has created a 15-minute tutorial video on our website. It's kbkg.com backslash residential dash cost segregator. If you simply Google KBKG, kid, boy, kid, girl, you'll be able to navigate your way there. We have not just the cost segregator, but we have a lot of online tools. So for example, if you did a a cost segregator on a look-back study, there's an automatic plug-in for a 481A calculator to calculate the catch-up and adjustment, or there's a tax savings calculator. If you're not sure if your property would be a good candidate for cost segregation, you can get on there and use the calculator, cost segregation tax savings calculator to understand what the benefits might be. So go to the website. And if you poke around that website long enough, you're definitely going to find the cost segregation uh, tutorial, uh, but then also some of the other software products that we have online that might be of use to you or your clients. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, again, want to thank you for coming on the show. Before we wrap up, is there any closing words you, you would like to say about cost segregation? Uh, no. Uh, cost segregation is my life's work. And, and oftentimes I tell people that uh, tax depreciation is my life's work. And so generally I'm the coolest person in the room. So uh, if you believe that, you'll believe anything. No, just I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast today and I look forward to connecting with you guys in the, again in the future. Awesome. Awesome. So welcome to the debrief segment of today's podcast. We just had John Hanning from KBKG on to discuss uh, the residential cost segregator, which you know, not only are we excited about, but a lot of our, our clients love it. And we also talked about some cost seg topics as well. To jump right into it, uh, one of the best things I think you know I like about the residential cost segregator tool is it does give that access to cost segregation for people who have properties that are under $500,000. Um, there has been a few of our clients who have used it as real estate professionals and have been able to save a significant amount of money in taxes by using this tool where, in which they would have been able to in the past if they had to run a traditional study because it would have just been cost prohibitive. Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was kind of cool to learn about the limitations because I've always wondered about that, right? Like, why did we pick a 500K appreciable basis? Why are we only doing it up to six units? And, and I'm Glad that he answered that because he was just basically talking about, well, there's standard deviations of errors, right? So the lower the property value, the lower number of units, the lower the error rate is going to be per all their testing that they've run. So that was kind of cool to hear too. So, you know, going into this, they're using a ton of their data to build all this out. So there's some level of confidence up to a certain point in terms of property value or the size of a property, which was neat for him to, to walk through with us. At least that's what I was thinking. It was just nice to kind of get that confirmation. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I liked too was uh, their level of confidence in their product. They are willing to provide audit support if you are audited. And ultimately, I think the ultimate protection of the software is that if needed, they will actually come to you know come to your property and perform the traditional study to go ahead and solidify the tax savings. So I think that that was something that I was excited to hear about. And um, now it, it only increases my level of confidence in the software itself as well. Absolutely. And I guess we should kind of caveat all this and say that we're not actually affiliated with KBKG. We're not going to get any sort of compensation if you go and you know use the KBKG software or anything like that. We just thought it was a cool tool. We've got a lot of clients that are kind of 
that have property in that realm where they could run a cost seg study, but the traditional cost seg approach is just not feasible because of how expensive it is. We've seen the KBKG cost segregator tool. We, we saw it, I think, when it was being developed back in 2017, I believe, maybe it was 2016. Um, and we've just now kind of gotten around to getting these guys on the podcast and talking a little bit about it. So just wanted to throw that out there for all the listeners. We just think that this is a nice, uh, a cool tool that you can add to your repertoire. Absolutely. And I think the last thing just uh, on that same similar note is that as we just did just say, it's not audit tested yet. But again, you know, you just heard yeah. Sean talk about it himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, great disclaimer that it is not audit tested. They feel confident, but it's not been audit tested. And I think if you are going to move forward with it, you know, again, you know, disclaimers aside and everything like that is that you you heard John say they'll actually come to the property and do the traditional study if you are audited just to basically because it's almost for them. uh, They want to not only provide excellent client service to the user of their product, but they also want to go to the service and say, hey, no, look, this does work as it's intended to work. And they want to prove that. So I think uh, I think that's something just to keep in mind as well. All right, Tom. So we've got one question in today from Dan. It's actually a pretty appropriate question given the episode that we just ran. It is about cost seg studies. So Dan asks, if I buy a property and my plan is to liquidate the property over the next two years or so, should I or should I not run a cost seg study? Right. So in classic CPA fashion, it's going to be, it, it depends. Um, really what we're looking at here is the time value of money and is running that cost segregation study today going to, to save you money at the end of the day? And for real estate professionals, if you're a real estate professional and you're, you're in a higher income tax bracket, for the most part, it's probably going to make sense to, to go ahead and run that cost segregation study because you will be able to use those losses against your ordinary income, perhaps from a spouse's W-2 role, uh, your W-2 role if you were part-time, or perhaps you or your spouse run a different type of business. Um, that's something where it would make sense. Uh, it also makes sense if you have a large amounts of gain in a year or you have a lot of rental income from other properties. Those are instances where it would make sense to do it. If you don't have any of those three circumstances, the answer is probably going to be no over a two-year hold just because the time value of money, the benefit of doing the cost segregation study wouldn't be in there. So Dan, I hope that answers your question. I know we don't know too much about the specifics of your situation, so you're definitely going to want to talk to your tax advisor before moving forward uh, or not moving forward even with a cost segregation study. Uh, And remember, folks, if you want to have your tax question answered, head over to www.therealestatecpa.com slash podcasts, drop your question in that box, hit that submit button, and we may just answer it here on the podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, You really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes and with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.